Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning. Welcome back to another edition of the show. It is, what is it? It's February 15th. Hope you had a good Valentine's Day. It's episode 368. And I'm excited about today's guest. Um, we had a film drop today, dropped this morning, and it's on the site. It's free for anybody to watch it. It's called No Sad Stories Part 2 with Dunia Sibomana. And uh, we're bringing on his adopted father, Miguel Rodriguez, out in Long Beach. Uh, I was going to say California, but it's Long Beach, New York. Miguel, thanks for joining us today, man. How are you? Good. Doing great. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Um, okay, so, I, yeah, I was asking you a second ago, but, like, you know, the, the film dropped this morning. Curious if, if you had seen it. Mark, uh, I saw it, and it was uh, it, it was incredible. It was, uh, you guys did such an amazing job, you know, sharing the near story. And, uh, and uh, it's just, you know, look, I, I live with him. I know the story. Sometimes, you know, I, as much as I want to put that in the back of what happened, um, seeing and, and, and relieving it again, it was uh, it was very emotional this morning as, as I'm drinking my coffee, ready to, uh, to come to school. Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, that you, that you liked it. Did I'm curious, did, did Dunia see it? Dunia's in school, but I know that his phone has been blowing up. Uh, a lot of the, uh, a lot of uh, his teammates, I guess they woke up earlier and, and they saw it, and I know that uh, they're showing it in, uh, in, in some classrooms. Um, you know, friends are just calling me from everywhere saying, listen, I'm just, I just showed it to my class, I, I showed it to my students, I showed it in recess, uh, you know, and that's just, just today. Um, I'm not sure that he saw it or not, but I know that uh, he's getting a lot of love. Sure. Um... You know, I don't, I don't, I don't edit it, right? You, I kind of, I produce, I, I ask the questions, and I help everything on the shoot, and kind of help with a couple guys who are way smarter than I am with film on, on the backside of things. Um, and and I was, you know, we're watching a cut, and all of a sudden, we're, I look around, and all of us are like trying not to cry because we're trying to be, you know, like analyzing this this piece of art that we're we're working on. But, um, and we sent the link to a couple other guys on the on the team, and. And I, I got two different text messages on two different days from two different guys that said, I'm in the office by myself bawling, you know, um, and, and, it, and it really, it, 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 and it's, it's a happy cry, right? It's not like sad with the sad part. It's like, oh, it's uplifting at the end. And, and it's almost the exact same spot. It just the music and the scenes and the, the everything that comes together. You're like, oh my gosh. So, um, yeah, I feel like it was. It was very emotional, and, and I'm glad glad you liked it, and hope uh, Dunia gets, I hope he likes it, and, and receives a lot of good feedback. Um, I, I just want to kind of now back up and kind of tell. We don't have to go through the whole story, right? But like, like, tell me about Long Beach, right? You live out in Long Beach, which is a, a, a small town on Long Island, or just off of Long Island. How, how would you describe 
Long Beach. It's about 35,000 people that lives in Long Beach. Long Beach is a very small uh, city. It's actually, there's two cities in Long Island and, and, and you know what, and, and, and Long Beach is one of them. Um, it's just a wonderful community. It's, you know, it's a, it's a very tight community. Um, you know what, everyone, pretty much everyone in town. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. Uh, at city, especially in the summer, you know, you get people from all over there, the state, the tri-state, just come to the beach here. That's how uh, beautiful this uh, this this town is, and you know what? And everyone is very supportive, in uh, in this community. Every time you know a tragedy or or something happens, you know, the community really comes together to uh, to help each other. So I knew that, you know, the Nia coming here was going to be a no-brainer. You know, I was not going to do this alone. I couldn't do it alone. I can't do it alone. Um, I knew that I was going to get the support of, uh, of, of our community. Cool. And it has been that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed my stay out there while I was, while I was in Long Beach. Uh, I also want to back up cause I know we didn't really touch on it in the film, but like Isaiah bird, right. And so you've taken Dunia in and you know, you've done amazing things for him and, and helped him have, uh, a, a good life and, and opportunities, which he would otherwise would not had. Explain to me who Isaiah, Isaiah bird is. And and how you guys got linked up and what your relationship kind of became. Isaiah Bird, Isaiah Bird the Third, that's what we call him. He loved that kid. You know, he's he's another young man that he was just he was he's just amazing. He's just an amazing human being. He uh, met Isaiah when he came from Florida. I think he was you know he was born here, went to Florida when he was a baby, came back when he was in kindergarten. Uh, at that time, I was working at the middle school, and um, my boss, you know, I, I was at the middle school for years, and I had a great time at the middle school. I was having a good time over there with the kids. I love that age group, actually. Um, so when my boss came up to me and asked me if I uh, if I wanted to work at the elementary school, I said, uh, well, no, thank you. I'm, I like it in here. No. Um, then he's he said, listen, coach, come and meet this kid first, and then... If you change your mind, you know, we'll go from there. You know, we just think that you're the perfect fit for this guy. This guy can use somebody like you. And then, I, you know, during my lunchtime, we went to the elementary school. That elementary school and the middle school, they're connected. It's one building. It's just connected. I went next door. And I uh, and I met him. I met him when he was about, about that age. He was about seven. Um, and it was incredible. He was, it was, oh, my God. He was so cute. He was so such a happy, hyper kid. Um, I mean, he was faster with no legs than kids with legs. He was just hopping around. He was trying to play basketball. He was, he was so cute. And, um, you know, and then we knew about the Rohan Murphy story. And right away, I called the coaches. I'm like, listen, guys, I think this, this could be great for this kid. You know, we can actually help him out. We can make him part of the wrestling family, the wrestling community, introduce him to the wrestling world. And then they say, no doubt, let's do it. And little by little, we are, you know, we, should, we just got him into it. Yeah. Um, how, how Was he born with no legs? Isaiah was born with no legs. Yeah. Correct. Um, he has feet. He has cute little feet. Does he really? He has cute little Yeah, he has feet, you know. He has feet, he has no legs. Just they are attached to his, uh, to his hips. You know, he goes from hips, feet. It's little feet that he uses for balance. I don't think I knew that part. That's that's crazy. He yeah. he can't like walk. 
Could he? No. But he could stand on them? No, he can't. No. They're very, very fragile. They're very weak. Okay. Uh, what, were, what were the some of the – what was it like trying to teach him how to wrestle? I'm probably trying to figure out how best to, to wrestle with that body. It's just like just like every other kid that we take under our wing, you know, whether they have no legs, no face, you know, normal kids. Um, you know what? We just want them to have fun in the beginning. And that's the way we introduced wrestling to Isaiah. You know, it was all about fun. You know, at that age, we want the kids to have a good time. So we, uh, you know, we brought him into the wrestling room. And right away, all the wrestlers, they took, you know, they took care of him. You know, they, they made him feel like, you know, like the special child that he was, that he is. And um, he um, he liked it. And little by little, he was just developing his own little style. But then I had to I had to reach out to to people that knew about it. So I called Rohan Murphy's coach. And then introduced me to Rohan. And uh, he gave me a, a lot of good tips. He gave me a lot, a lot of good tips. You know, coach... Say that uh you know that I that Isaiah and Rohan were very similar. They even looked like like they were related. There was there's a picture of the two of them. They look like like brothers, and um, he helped me out a lot, you know, on teaching Isaiah a style that was gonna work for for his body type. Uh, t- t- tell me some of the explain to me Long Beach wrestling, right? Maybe the the culture, some of the the tradition. What, what Long Beach Wrestling is all about? Long Beach Wrestling is about, you know, it's, it's a family. You know what? And, and we, don't, uh, we don't say no to anybody. You know, in the wrestling team, we have, I mean, we, we, we's a very diverse group. We take them all. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, what you are, what nationality you are. You know, uh, it, it just doesn't matter. We, we take on, on everyone and anyone because, uh, you know, everyone should you know they deserve to have that chance in life you know so i think that i think that's what makes long beach wrestling a very special uh, team you know uh, listen we have kids that are you know that, that that need wrestling more than you know sport and there is kids that need wrestling just for life you know and that's that's our mission our mission is to uh you know to teach the kids you know more about life than than wrestling you know wrestling just comes natural. Long Beach is a wrestling town, and um, we got some, we got great coaches. Uh, every coach, except for Coach Adams, uh, came from the program. You know, Coach Leo Palacio, he's uh, one of the uh, the OGs uh-huh. of the Long Beach wrestling program. You know, right under Coach Gillespie and Coach Jones. You know, they just set the tone in Long Beach wrestling, and and then Leo carried that on. You know, Coach Valentin, Long Beach wrestler, Coach Amfasi. You know, and then Coach Adams came. He came from Baldwin. He was uh, the assistant coach my senior year. And then, um, no, my junior year. And then my senior year, he became the head coach. And, uh, and you know what? And he's just, he's, he's, he's like, a, like a puzzle piece. He was, uh, he, he clicked right in with, uh, with the style of Long Beach wrestling. And, um, you know, it has been like that for years now. And, and you know what? And it's, it's been working. It's been working. Yeah. Uh, A friend of mine who's from Long Island, you know, when I kind of told him a few months back that we, you know, we're doing this story with Dunia and everything, he actually takes like, you know what, Miguel and Coach Adams and and the staff are are as much of the story um, as Dunia. So hats off to you guys. And it's, you know, um, uh, it's it's known 
I guess, in, in Long Island, what you guys are doing and what you guys are about out in Long Beach. So uh, I guess, let's just get to like meeting, being introduced to Dunia and how that came about. I will never forget that day. You know, never forget that day that I was uh, actually with Isaiah. That year I decided to do um, extended school year. So I was like summer school. So we have a summer school program for all the kids in, uh, in special areas that, you know, that we want the kids to continue the school through the summer, you know, short hours, just for them to, uh, you know, to continue to, to get that ed- education throughout the summer. You know, that's one of the, the greatest things that Long Beach School District has and, and offers to, to our kids. Um, so that year I decided to um, not run the summer camps uh, for the city of Long Beach. That year I decided to, uh, you know, to work with, uh, with Isaiah and continue to be with him. Um, I get a phone call one day. No, actually, I was I'm, I'm at Brands Daily. I went yeah. to Brands Daily that morning. Famous Brands and, Daily. Uh, and a friend of mine that he owns the uh, surfing camp, uh, the only surfing camp in, uh, well, one of the two surfing camps in town. He um, he said to me, uh, you know, he, you know he, he invited me to stop by later. You know, I said, all right, no problem. As I was leaving, he, uh, he ran out to me. He's like, hey, by the way, I forgot to tell you, uh, I have this kid uh, that came from Africa. You should come and meet him. Uh, he has no face. Uh, he got attacked by monkeys. And I'm like, looking at this guy, like, what are you talking about? A kid? You know, I got attacked by monkeys. And I said, Cliff, I'll stop by later. He said, you got to stop by. You have to bring Isaiah. You guys got to meet him. I'm like, sure, right, we'll stop by. Went to school. Isaiah, the whole day talking about this kid, coach, he got attacked by monkeys. Isaiah was also like seven years old. He, he was a, he was tiny. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't meet the kid. Like we'll, we'll see him when we get there. So we got to the beach. We walked right to the surfing camp and uh, we didn't see him. Everybody was in the water. We were looking for a little black kid, you know, from Africa and we didn't see him. So as we were walking away to go home, um, Isaiah said to me, coach, Turn around. I think that's the kid right there. And he was surrounded by a group of people. I'm like, ah, oh, that could be him. So we went right, right up to him. And um, it was the cutest thing. I was with Elijah, uh, Isaiah. We uh, met him, we introduced ourselves. <laughs> and Isaiah looked at the near and said, whoa, what happened to your legs? And, uh, and the near looked at Isaiah I mean, uh, yeah, Donia looked at Isaiah and, and said, uh, oh, vice versa, what happened to your face? And he was, he was, he was cute. He was like, you know, they decided playing with each other and started chasing each other. And then they were surfing together. And it was, it was unbelievable. It was a, it was a day that I will never forget. Yeah. And I mean, I kind of know the story, right? But like, how does this, meeting this boy one day blossom into like, I'm going to adopt him. Which which you did, and I know it wasn't overnight, but yeah. Those did not think about it. There was not even a thought to have Daniel, you know, living with us. Did not know the story. Did not know the background. Did not know anything about the family. I just knew that he was there that day, you know, and we just wanted him to feel special. You know, I got to talk to the two ladies, wonderful ladies that that brought Daniel there. Um, you know, for surfing camp, you know, he was actually going to stay there for two days. 
So he stayed at the Alegria Hotel that day. Um, you know, the more I spoke to the ladies about it, the more it was like, wow, it's so interesting. Like, what an amazing story this is. You know, how he's, you know, he's here. You know, it's just, just a miracle that he's here. And, um, you know, we just started talking and talking and talking. And, and you know, she was telling us, you know, maybe not that day, but probably the following day after we went out to eat. You know, we took him out to eat in town. We took care of them. Um, you know, they were talking about how he needed, you know, a family to, uh, you know, to, to really take care of him because, you know, he already had been with three other families and it was really hard for those families to continue to take care of him because uh, he needed so much work, not only, you know, in the medical aspect, you know, that was, that was taken care of, but uh, school, um, you know, he was a very active child, you know, so in, in those families, they had kids of their own, so it was um, it was hard. It was hard for them to uh, to take care of the near, you know, having their own families and taking care of this kid. So, so you know, we try, you know, not not that day right away, but we tried to find the near uh, a family in town, preferably. You know, we want him to stay in Long Beach. You know, as I told the girls, listen, if he stays in Long Beach, we can help him. In so many ways, these communities—that's that's what they do. They—that's that, what we do here, and um, so we try. We try a few families in town to uh, to help him out, or probably take him under his wing, under their wings, and um, and we just couldn't find the right fit for him. And that fit was eventually you. What what were your? I don't know. What were your early conversations like with him? And, and and when at, at I'm sure at some point did you guys talk about what actually happened, or or did I mean you, you had to have right? So we, you know, so so in the beginning we didn't talk about him. I didn't care. I didn't want him. I didn't want him to continue to to relive that to 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 think about that. You know, yeah. at this time, look, it happened. We move on. You know. You know, but but eventually the time came. You know, we develop a relationship. You know. We develop a little trust, you know, and we started asking questions. You know, he was asking me questions about Isaiah, and, and, and he uh, realized how comfortable Isaiah was with uh, people looking at him and and uh, and laughing at him or, or or being shocked when they saw him. That made Dania feel very comfortable. I think that that's that was uh, that was it was a great. It happened at the right time, you know, just like everything in life. I think that you know what, like just. You know, it just just happened at the right time that Isaiah happened to be living with us and staying with us when when that happened because I think that Daniel learned a lot from not being in the spotlight. Like, look, I'm walking around with a kid that has no legs. Yeah, it's not just about me. It's like, wow. So again, we developed that relationship, and then we started talking about the incident. And when he was telling me, it was just just shocking, shocking that he was so comfortable talking about it. You know. And, you know, not with everyone, but you know, he, he he you know he spoke to me, my wife, my oldest son Elijah, um, and uh, you know Leo and some other guys, and uh, and it was uh, it was it was sad. <laughs> it was sad that that you know that this kid you know was losing his family little by little. Um, so you know it took a little while, but he uh, eventually opened up. What and and that's uh, something you said stuck with me like. What were the conversations with him like about 
people are going to look at you funny probably forever and maybe laugh or maybe scratch their head or whip their neck or, you know, that it's just going to happen. You know, did you have conversations about, about that and how, how, how to handle that? So, so we have a very good sense of humor here, you know, and coach Leo, you know, he has, you know, he has, he's, he's the life of the party. I mean, you met him, you know, you see how he is. He's, he will show up in an interview right now with, with fake teeth. <laughs> you know, well, black, well, drone black eye and tell you a story about that. He's he's such such a character, and you know, and if I learn something from him, you know, I learn something from all of my coaches. But if yeah. I learn something from him, is that look, you just gotta you just gotta you know enjoy life every day. You know, make the best of it. He, um, you know, he said, listen, you just gotta just gotta make jokes about it. You know, and we did that with Isaiah. Isaiah, what happened to you? Oh, guys, one day I was surfing. You know, not a shark, but a, but a snapping turtle, snapping turtle in the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> shot my legs. And then the other one I lost when I was in the, you know, uh, seagulls came or a dinosaur did this. Or he will come up with the funniest story that people will be like, what did that happen to that kid? Well, he lost his legs because he got, he got ran, ran over by a tricycle. Like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that's possible. Like... So when as Denia saw that Isaiah was making a joke up, you know, about everything, about what happened to him, about why he has no legs, Denia started to catch up to that. And Denia will come up with funny stories too. You know, like, oh, a seagull drop a, dropped a, a clam and he cut me. And then, oh, like, like, what, a seagull? Yeah, no, yeah, one day somebody threw something from a plane. So he... It will be funny. It will be, and he felt even more comfortable telling people. And and then you know, people will, of course, they still stare at him, yeah. and uh, especially little kids. And I tell them, yeah, look, just wave to the kid and smile to him, you know. And you're gonna make the kid feel more more comfortable about looking at you, you know. Sometimes you know you can be a little scary, but hey, you're not, you know. You you you're funny. You're sweet, and uh. That's it, you know, little by little, he just got, you know, that with a mix of wrestling, a mix of a loving community, you know, and the wrestling community is just, is building this kid uh, to be the more, you know, more and more and more confident every day. Yeah, no, that's that's great. I love the sense of humor and the, <laughs> the chain, somebody dropped a chainsaw, whatever, you name it, right? Like, make something up. Yeah. Oh. Uh, as far as, you know, when he starts wrestling, some guys are natural, have natural, you know, just take to it, right? And or did you did you see that with him, um, and and how he took to wrestling, or if not, how did he take to wrestling? So Daniel was all about soccer when we met him. So I happened to be the soccer coach as well. You know, Leo and I we coach high school soccer teams, and you know, so everything was soccer. He was introduced to us as a soccer player. So soccer, no problem. He was with us on a Friday. We met him on a Friday. On Monday, he was at the high school soccer practice. Boom, we brought him there. Soccer practice. The entire high school soccer team was like, wow. This kid, so fast, so good, you know. And yeah, everything was about soccer. Soccer this, soccer that, soccer everything. Um, so, you know, the wrestling bar came definitely later on. We didn't, um, we didn't do, we, we didn't talk about wrestling. We didn't do anything about wrestling. We just... It was all about soccer. It was soccer season. 
you know, we were still doing a little bit of wrestling, but we didn't even think about it. We just knew that he was very fast. Yeah. That's it. Then we started doing the wrestling part. And uh, like you said in the video, look, we started traveling. I was traveling with Isaiah. You know, we have a, a youth ro- uh, youth wrestling program, the Gladiators. And and, uh, and in the off season, we are the, you know, the high school kids that travel with us as well. You know, we, that's our feeding program. Um, so he started traveling with us and he, uh, and he was on the side wrestling around little by little. So it was, all right, you know, he's just wrestling. We're always competing with Isaiah. They were, they were like brothers. They, they fought, they laughed, they competed. They were so competitive. They were, you know, they were just seeking attention from, from me and the other coaches. They always wanted to impress us. So Daniel will tell Isaiah, hey, I can beat you in wrestling. I say, I'll be like, no, you can't. And I say, fold them up. Because <laughs> it was just so much stronger and bigger. Yeah. And but then he never gave up. So little by little we saw it. And then that's it. One day, you know, after talking to Dr. Dagum and O'Kane that he can wrestle with the mask on, we threw him in a tournament. And he was he did great. You know, he's just, you know, again, taking kids down, reaching back, got pain, he didn't know, you know, like basic beginner mistakes that wrestlers made but um but never stop he never stopped he um he always kept going and that's something that we can work with mm-hmm. you know and that's how we uh little by little we were like okay this kid could be um uh, you know could be can do something you know he was seven and a half uh, he was about eight now he's 15 now so yeah not too long ago he's starting yeah. walk me through like um a year, a year and a half ago, right? Before, like, as he's entering eighth grade, right? Um, what are your expectations, right? Um, where, where do you think, like, you think he was going to be on varsity? Did you think he was going to wrestle middle school? Did you think he could go to state? Did you think he could win? So, in a wrestling room, everybody's varsity. We, we tell the kids, look, that spot is open for everybody, anybody. You know, you just got to go get it. You know, we don't bring the kids up with the mentality that look at you JV, you varsity. We never tell the kids that, look, everybody works hard. We work the same. We train together. You know, you just got to earn that spot. That's it. You work hard, you discipline, you do what you're supposed to do. You earn that spot. That's all we needed to tell this kid. That's what we tell our kids, you know, um, and he did. You know, he took that very serious. Uh, he had uh, his, his teammate. Uh, I was one of the best wrestlers at the time, a senior. You know, then he was in eighth grade, first year of wrestling in high school. He didn't wrestle in middle school. Uh, I think that was a COVID, no, that was a surgery year, and the year before that was COVID. So he only wrestled when he was uh, in fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade off, seventh grade off, eighth grade. So he had only two years of experience prior to that, you know. Yeah. Um, and... You know, and, and then he would just like, you know, like we say in our videos, you know, he was, he always worked hard. You know, when we say bring it in, he's the first one on the line, just, just looking, just like in the video that you, that you guys posted, mm-hmm. you know, when Justin is talking, he's the first one there. You know, he's in the front line, just uh, absorbing everything that the coaches are saying. Um, and he'll do it, you know, so he, he worked really, really, really hard. And, uh, and, you know, he, he had some tough losses in the beginning to his, uh, to his, teammate and then um he uh 
you know, he has some great wins where we saw, wow, whew, he's really climbing the ladder. You know, the pre-rankings, he was not even ranked. Now that we care, you know, we tell the kids that don't mean anything. Nobody knew who he was, of course. And then uh, eighth grade came up mid-year, and then he started to get some good wins. And then ranked sixth, and then fifth, and then fourth. And then, you know, they had two of the best kids in the state ahead of him. His teammate, Mr. Franklin, Mason Franklin, and he's uh, one of his toughest opponents, Carlos Arango from Massapequa. He was the number one kid in the, in the state at that time, the number one seed. And um, you know what? And then from there, they just, um, you know, he just started to get, get him some, some, some good wins, and he climbed the ladder. What do you – how do you feel when when Dunia's on the mat? Are you nervous? Are you excited? Are you somewhere in between? So it's a little different, you know. So you know, at home we have three state champs now. My brother was a state champ, you know. My brother, well, I grew up with the PJ Gillespie and Mister Gillespie, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, we introduced him to wrestling as well when he came from Venezuela, and he was. Um, I was very confident very proud he was wrestling, you know, like I, I always knew that he was going to just go up there and, you know, and take care of business. You know, Gillespie took him everywhere. He was, he was great, you know. Then my son came, you know, as a father, when your kid is wrestling, it's like you get, oh, you, you get the butterflies, you get nervous, you know. Still, you know, I knew that, that, that he was tough, but he has some, some tough competition growing up and he won the States as a, as a junior. As a senior, uh, senior, yes. And now with Dania, you know, our Thursday champ in the house, he, uh, when when he's wrestling, I just, you know, I don't, I don't get those those nerves anymore. I just, I just, I'm always, I'm always gonna be proud of him because, uh, because he always leaves it all on the mat, and he listens, you know, so. We don't lose with him. You know, it's a little different. You know, I know where he came from. I know his story. So just the fact that he has the, the opportunity to be on the mat, you know, and wrestle, you know, and the fact that he's alive, it's, uh, it's just, just everything. I don't, I don't, uh, I can't ask for anything else. You know, listen, whether he wins in all the state title or not, tell you the truth, I, I just don't care. I don't care. I just, I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he accomplished what he did so far, and I'm happy that he's such a great human being. You know, that, and that's the job now, just to keep him that way. Yeah. Um, absolutely. What, what, you know, what are some of the toughest challenges today, right? Does he still have surgeries? Um, what, you, you know, what is what the physically, uh, medically taking care of him? What, what does that road look like? Well, that's a tough road ahead. You know, the doctors, they're trying to make him as, to look as normal as possible. Um, but listen, what's normal? You know, normal, normal, normal will never be normal for him. You know, and I don't want him to, to expect that uh, he's going to look 100% or even 90% in, you know, ahead, ahead. I, I choose... I just want him to be comfortable with, with himself. You know, he's gonna need some more surgeries, but we are uh, we taking some breaks. We want him to uh, to enjoy life. We want him to enjoy a summer. He has not been able to enjoy a full summer yet. 
you know, he's a surfing instructor now at the school and surf. He loves his job. He loves surfing. He loves helping the kids in the water. Uh, he loves working. He's a worker. Uh, he loves getting up six o'clock in the morning, going to the beach to work. You know, that kid, he's, uh, he's just a good worker. Um, so, so now it's up to us as a family to, um, to, to really talk about this and, you know, and see what, what are we going to do next? Does he really need it? Does he need any more? You know, of course, Dr. Dagan will tell us that, that he does, you know, but there's going to be a time that we're going to, that we're going to say, that's it. You know, this is who he is. And uh, we're going to focus more about the, uh, the internal part than the physical part, you know, continue to keep him, uh, you know, humble, kind, working hard. Uh, so he can grow up to be a great family man one day. That's it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, and I may have asked this, you know, obviously what, what he went through was you don't, you don't wish it upon anybody, but you know, considering where he came from and how dangerous it is and they're recruiting kids to be in the militia and you know, there's, there's really not much opportunity. Could this almost have been a blessing in disguise and his life now is better than it would have been had this not happened. Well, we always think about that. You know, looking at that video that you guys made is, is incredible that, you know what, like, look, he's 15. You know, they recruit those kids at a very young age. So, you know, he could easily, you know, by now, you know, if he were, had been uh, one of those kids, or maybe he will be dead, you know. Those guys, you know, they kill people, but they also get killed, you know. They don't, there's no going to jail there, <laughs> you know, so... I, you know, we, we think about that a lot. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why he wants to go back. He thinks that, you know, he, that he can go back and, and fix it all. You know, and we talk about it. So, listen, Bobby, you, 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 maybe you could, you know, maybe you could be the one that can make the change, but that's, that's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of sacrifices from your part, you know, and, and we need to, uh, you know, to build a team to go there because no one can do it alone. You know, his dream is to go back and, uh, and do things for, uh, for his people. You know, he, he still has an older brother that, he would like, that we would like to bring here. You know, we're working on that. You know, it's, a, it's our next project um, mission. We, we, we want to, Daniel wants his brother here. You know, and we're taking care of him while he's there, but there is so much more that, uh, that needs to be done as far as, uh, you know, that brother of his. Yeah, absolutely. Does he get, you know, what does he want to be when he grows up, right? Has he, hey, I want to coach wrestling. Hey, I want to be a doctor. Hey, I want to be an author. Has he, you know, a surfer, right? I don't know. Does he have, and I know he's only 15, so, you know, you don't got to figure that out this time. But does he have a dreams or aspirations to do or be something in particular? So Daniel wants to be an, he wants to be an architect. He wants to, uh, he wants to build homes, he wants to uh, build buildings, he wants to, uh, you know, he wants to, and he wants to do that just because he wants to go back and help uh, his community. He wants to build homes. You know, it's, it's not expensive to do it there, but, uh, you know, you definitely need the, uh, the funds to do that, to go there and, you know, and build. You know, he wants to, you know, start an organization that is going to help, you know, his community. You know, he knows that a uh, that's as tragic as it is what happened to him, 
that uh, there's kids back home that can um, that will never give, will never will never have the chance and the opportunities that he has. So he's he's a lucky child for being here, you know, this you know in this country. But um, he um, he hasn't forgotten about his uh, his people, and he wants to go back. And I think that's that's very important. You know, I do that with with my family. You know, I do that with my people. You know, I go back and, you know, Venezuela is going through a really hard time right now. You know, it was one of the best, most wonderful countries just 10 years ago. You know, third richest country in the world. <laughs> and it went from that to to being, you know, just 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 horrible what's going on there. And and he he sees what, what I'm doing. You know, I'm trying to, I'm always trying to help out my family and, and going back and helping friends and helping cousins and He's a coach. I, you know, that, that's what I want to do. Like, absolutely, son. It's, it's a great feeling to help uh, to help our families. It's a great, great, great feeling. And he wants to he wants to do that. Yeah, what an amazing kid. Um, I, I guess kind of last thing is like, give me t- like wrestling now. It's it's wrestling postseason probably right. Like, what what's going on? State. Where's where's he at? Is it, are we into the the districts, states, regions like the postseason stuff? Or give me an update on his on his wrestling season. So this past weekend, just this past weekend, uh, Dania uh, won the county championship at 110. You know, uh, top three in the counties, which is Nassau County, Section 8, uh, get a, uh, the chance and the opportunity to uh, to uh, to wrestle at the state uh, at the state championships in Albany in two weeks. So Dania won the counties. He had a, he had a tough match a very, against a very tough opponent in the finals. Uh, Carlos Alcer from Hewlett, great kid. Um, and now he will go into an opening, uh, to defend the state title. You know, it's not going to be, it's not going to be easy. You know, it's some great, great wrestlers there. Some, 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 some great wrestlers that he wrestled last year that, uh, you know, they want to come back for him. Yeah. You know, they, they got unsettled business in there with him. And, uh, look, then he is ready. You know, he's ready. He, he, he hasn't changed. You know, he works hard, you know, he's uh, coachable. And uh, he's in a in a good state of mind, uh, state of mind. Sorry to um, to um, to go up there and take care of business. He's you know, we feel that he's that he's gonna do great. Heck yeah, I'm I'm pumped to to watch to watch you know how how it how it all unfolds and you know I, yeah I'm I'm glad I got to meet him because he really is a remarkable remarkable young man and uh, you know. Win or lose, he's 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 a champion, right? So, um, that's great, man. I, I appreciate you coming on and kind of chat with us, taking some time. I know you're at the school, um, but I want to give you kind of the the opportunity to say anything else, final words, final message that you might want to say. Mark, like first of all, you know, I can't thank you guys up and flow enough for uh, you know, you know, for giving giving my son the uh, you know giving Daniel the chance to uh, to share his story. You know, I hope that this story. You know, inspires. You know, that's the goal to inspire kids, to inspire wrestlers, and anyone out there. That look, you know, life is gonna give you obstacles, and, and you know what? And, you know what? It's, it's gonna be a lot of bumps in the road, but um, you know, but you can do it. You know, and, and with, with, with a great team, you know what? Anything is possible. You know, you know, Isaiah Bird. We use no excuses. You know, with Dania, we're gonna we're gonna use it as well. There's no excuses. You know can accomplish anything that you want in life 
you know, you just gotta just gotta make some sacrifices and move forward. And then of course trust the process. So thank you guys very much. You know, much love for the flow uh community and uh and I can't wait to see you uh uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, super excited, man. Uh, thanks so much again, Miguel, for 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 joining with us and and you guys telling the story. And uh, man, give give Dunia a big old hug for me and and wish him the best. You guys are the best, man. Love <laughs> right. you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're the best. Take care. All right, bye. Bye, bye. All right, folks. Yeah, Miguel Rodriguez, uh, just an, just an awesome guy who's doing great things for for uh, his son. Adopted son Dunia. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get out of here. We're gonna play the trailer on the way out. So you can check out this uh, No Sad Stories Part Two, Episode Two with Dunia Sibaman. It's live on the site now for free, available to everyone. And uh, yeah, we'll see we'll see you guys next time. And enjoy this trailer. And adios. So Dunia Sibumana, jungle kid. Dunia's from the Congo. From what I know where Dunia is from, it's very dangerous. On one sunny day, they were playing on the edge of the jungle. The chimpanzees just came out of nowhere and attacked me. It was just like shocking seeing a chimpanzee in front of me. We will never know exactly what happened to Dunia that day. Dunia remembers uh, waking up and seeing his face just hanging. When I woke up in the hospital, I was just like scared. I was just surprised I was still alive. Wrestling saved his life, along with that park ranger in Virunga. He found his identity through wrestling, and he found his confidence through wrestling. I would describe Vinny's wrestling style as exciting. I mean, he takes it to you. He doesn't back down, doesn't take any time off. He's just on you, on you, on you. I couldn't imagine this life at first when it came here. I just knew that it was a miracle that I was still alive and things happen for a reason.